Mondays. It's Great Mondays Radio. I'm Josh Levine, your host, founder of Great Mondays. We help executives from hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations build cultures that attract, engage, and retain top talent. If you'd like to be a guest on our program, hang out for about 20 minutes and I'll tell you how. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Great Mondays Radio. Uh, today, we have Adrian Wise, who is an emotional wellness expert. Um, she focuses on trauma-informed care, is someone that I've done a little bit of work with, is super impressive. And I asked her to come on the program because um, I really feel, and I've seen with my clients, so many people still have not still are not okay from the from the pandemic. And that to me felt like something that she could speak on, something that I wanted to learn more about. How do we help? How do we help people get more? How do we help people recover? Because we're still, it feels like we're still all traumatized. So welcome, Adrian. Thank you so much. Um, and you, tell me a little bit about um, just quickly, how you got to where you're, the work that you're doing, I and mean, it's a very specific field, emotional wellness. Um, so just a quick, quick introduction, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, no problem. Hey, everybody. I'm Adrian Wise. I'm your emotional wellness expert um, here in what I call the DMV areas. For those of you who are not familiar, that's D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. We're kind of all kind of connected. Um, but essentially, I came into this field, um, you know, I think one of my main reasons, uh, Josh, and, and probably similar for a lot of people and a lot of your listeners is that, um, unfortunately, I do come from a family who's experienced uh, mental health and uh, substance use issues and, and often gone unaddressed. And so, um, you know, I, I consider myself sometimes a little bit of a unique unicorn because sometimes the very uh, trial or tribulation that we experience in childhood kind of pushes us away from that field mm -hmm. um but somehow i decided to run smack into it and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know uh and um really have just kind of been on this mission to help reduce the stigma around it because i really do believe that a lot of my family members who suffered from these mental illnesses were just um shamed and um, maybe in some ways guilted um you know they grew up in certainly a different generation than than you know what we're here today and and kind of how we've accepted and, and maybe embraced yeah this art form and essentially just kind of got into this work of just doing therapy and, and providing emotional wellness expertism, I guess, <laughs> or expertise um, <laughs> to folks in uh, many different populations. I work with children as young as two years old, all the way up to adulthood. Um, there's no age limitation that I have not uh, reached to um, help again, reduce stigma, normalize mental health and provide guidance. Um one other piece that I think that I think I really um, have benefited from learning from from knowing you and knowing your work is this concept of trauma informed care. It's a framework that you and I have used uh, together for one of our clients, mm -hmm. uh, and and it's something I did I was unaware of. So I wonder if you can just give us a quick. Uh, definition of a roundup of trauma-informed care. Yeah, so if we, you know, took a little piece out of this emotional wellness world, 
You know, you all have may have been familiar with this term of trauma, right? So that's this very deeply disturbing and stressful event that you may have experienced in your life. And it's whatever you deem to be traumatic to you. We could have certainly experienced the same event, but I walked away feeling one way and you walked away feeling another. So that's um, technically the definition of of trauma. And so what I've learned in being a leader and being a manager at every single level, working as a line staff member, working as a therapist in the field in many different industries, I kind of combine those worlds together um, and recognize that what was really um, uh, creating this sort of uh, difficult workplace culture in a lot of different industries was just this unaddressed trauma that people were facing and dealing with and just coming into work every day thinking they can just brush it off and you know achieve the task and put all the personal business or check it at the door and just kind of keep going and, and not really recognizing that it was actually messing with them quite a bit, you know, and, and making them unproductive and, and, and not being able to have a voice in the workplace. All these things that come from unaddressed trauma. And um, I've kind of merged those worlds together. And, and this is the work that I basically do in workplaces. Right. So um, we need to learn to to acknowledge uh, at the very least, if not mm -hmm. address or consider trauma, because it's already in the workplace, mm -hmm. right? Your choices and decisions are informed. Um, someone asked recently, um, what if, you know, we were talking about uh, making better choices and responding in better ways. Mm -hmm. And someone made a point that, well, what if I don't have a choice? That's just how I respond now because of my mm -hmm. trauma. And I, and I thought that was a really good point, which is that's exactly how a, 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 a traumatic incident embeds itself and lives within us. And mm -hmm. now we react, whether we want to or not, to a specific stimulus of some sort, right? So right. I thought right. that, was, that was really good. All right. Now that we've, we've covered a little bit of that, um, Adrian, can you, can we talk about what the, the impact of the pandemic on the population on and and how it's showing up in the workplace and yeah yeah so this sort of philosophy that i've embedded in workplace culture of trauma informed care um has really 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 uh, resonated during covid um because this pandemic has caused so many issues for us i mean interpersonally um, obviously, as well as within the workplace, due to just all the changes we had to make and, and really overnight, we had no um, awareness that this was coming, right? There was no preparation. We really just had to all try to figure it out together. Um, you know, and I think one of the, um, you know, I would say that one of the most um, difficult things that came out of COVID-19 was this piece around um, really trying to still deal with the with the health crisis and the issue and, and pretending as if we're still supposed to operate in the same way yep. that we've been operating. And once that happened, you really can't, um, you know, and, and there was no tools and no strategies and, and none of that was provided to really help us sort of work through that. And, um, you know, I think as a result, even now, even though the virus has, um, you know, maybe calmed down quite a bit and it's not as prevalent as it once was, we're still really coming out of sort of what I call this uh, recovery space, right? And really yeah. trying to find and navigate our way to 
figuring out what we need to do to sort of resolve some of the issues that's been created due to COVID. Um, and so this pandemic has just been really difficult for folks and, um, you know, compounded probably all the, you know, created another uh, traumatic event on top of unaddressed traumas that they've experienced already before, right? And so this no. has just caused some difficulty for a lot of people within the workplace, for sure. So when there are, I, I guess, um, my, I think an interesting point would be, or or opportunity here would be to um, identify or talk about how, how do I know if my employees, my, either my peers, my my reports, or my organization are still are are, are still recovering? Because mm -hmm. I feel like the assumption is, um, while I, it it certainly impacted us previously, I think of the assumption in corporate America is okay back to back to work right okay mm -hmm. back to work maybe we maybe we're no longer in the same room but back to work and yeah. okay we're we're done it's over but i feel like that's that should i think i feel like we're making the 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 start of the assumption from the wrong point yeah it should be that we're we should assume that people are still having difficulties are still recovering from so let's start with what might it look like if 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 I or my employee employees are still feeling the impacts yeah from from the pandemic situation? Absolutely. So it would look like a number of things. One of the things that I've seen a lot of in working with um, different workplaces has been um, a lot of staff, taking off a lot pretty abruptly, like just a lot of sick leave being taken. Um, you know, a lot of times we can't uh, prescribe to why, you know, uh, we mm -hmm. have to believe it and take it for face value. But when it's, you know, once a week that we're just taking off abruptly, you know, it starts to um, resonate that something may be going on with that particular individual. You start to see an individual who's used to being sort of um, productive and maybe achieving tasks and, and getting things done. And now they're just not. Sometimes it leads to seeing just very careless mistakes. And, and that's not really like that person. Um, and then not to forget, you can kind of, when you walk into, you ever walk into a room, Josh, and you've heard the expression that, wow, it just feels like it's really tense in here. Like you can cut the tension with a knife, right? That's what it's like working in in or walking into some workplaces, you just feel this sort of low employee morale. It just doesn't feel like mm -hmm. it's a very, um, you know, team cohesive place. It doesn't feel like we really get along. We're just kind of walking around like robots, just trying to figure it out and, you know, just kind of get through the day and then we go home, right? So it starts to look like a culture that just really feels toxic or just feels unhealthy. You know, we're not coming together to share ideas. We're not willing to hear and listen to each other's feedback. That's that's often what these cultures tend to look like when you're looking at someone who has this unaddressed trauma or experienced trauma and, and kind of uh, forced to figure it out in this in this type of environment. OK, so. Yeah. Um, that's great. So I'm. I wrote. I wrote it down. So the some of the some of the um, attributes of someone who might can still be suffering from 
um, the pandemic might include an, an uptick in days off. So either specifically a person or maybe just generally across your organization, mm -hmm. um, uh, less possibly less productivity, more mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, and then more as an organization in the relationships will have maybe there's low morale, it's low morale, it's tense um, and hard to get through. Uh, they're just trying to muscle through the day. And yeah. one of the things that 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 I like to talk about as a key element of a great culture is trust. You really need mm -hmm. to have that trust. And when yeah. I hear what you're saying, this like are not willing to hear and listen, um, I feel as though perhaps there's been a, br a break in that trust, particularly between um maybe it's between one, one kind of level of employee and another. So yeah. one line, so a break in trust between the employee mm -hmm. and leadership. And from the, from what I've seen, and I just want to kind of react to this. So from what I've seen, it feels like there is a distrust or holding of a, almost of a grudge against the leadership team for not, not noticing or, or, I wouldn't say caring, but like not actually allowing us to, or acknowledging, that's it, not acknowledging what we just went through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's because sometimes it's about, you know, the very people who say leaders and, and managers, um, you know, they're, they're trying to figure things out themselves, right? Everyone just kind of feels very burnt out. Just it's feels very spent, burnt right? Burnout, yeah. And so, you know, if I'm experiencing this burnout sort of, um, you know, feeling, then I might not have the energy that I used to, right? To be able to, to, you know, I'm like, hey, no, you need to get this job done. You need to, you need to accomplish this task, and I needed it done like yesterday. We've yeah. got boxes to check. We've got, you know, clients to, um, to please, and you know, I might not be necessarily worrying about you as the person because I'm too focused on the bottom line. And, and right. that's just coming from a place of just feeling fatigued and just burnt out and not having, once yeah. again, the appropriate sort of tools and strategies of maintaining my own well-being so that I can treat you as a person first, which is pretty much what's missing from a lot of these workplace cultures. Right. It's almost as if um, a leader will have the tendency to try to care and tend and bring back mm -hmm. from from the pandemic the business yeah but not but it just expect the individuals to do it to do that themselves absolutely i mean like and if in fact they were to think about this differently you know we you know part of the trauma informed care philosophy is following sort of these six core principles that was developed by substance abuse mental health services administration also known as samsa and one of those um core principles is um is is trustworthiness and transparency which is what you mentioned before mm -hmm. and if leaders can just work on not only all six of these core principles but specifically if they can just work on the importance of being transparent to staff, right? That's what helps build sort of that trustworthiness. And then, you know, sort of holistically, I talk a little bit about this and holistically sort of releasing this idea that I'm a leader and I'm the boss and I'm the manager. And, and instead of just coming together to team with the individual that you need to team with to get yeah. the job, you know? And yeah. it's all of those things that are just unfortunately not happening um, and have gotten worse again, just due to the pandemic and, and just personal things that people are dealing with.
So let's let's talk about how uh, let's say there's a leader listening to to this mm-hmm. conversation and they're they're like, you know what? I could do a better job. Let's l- let me let me look at this. Maybe not everybody is, you know, like this, but certainly at least some of my staff are. What are what are some of the things that I can do as a leader to help? Certainly I can't fix trauma, but as a leader I have some responsibility. Yeah. How, yeah. What do I do? How do I get started? What are some of the things that I can do to actually help my employees at least recover a little bit or come back right. a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, Josh. I mean, you certainly hit the nail on the head. You cannot change what has happened to the person already, right? But you can certainly prevent re-traumatization or, or uh, prevent a reoccurring event of, of trauma, traumatic experiences within the workplace. The first thing I would tell leaders and managers to do is you've got to be able to take care of you first. Your self-care has to be on a thousand. When you come to work every day, you have to be ready to take on whatever is thrown at you. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of you. If you don't have mm-hmm. active routines and, and, and active um, activities to constantly put you in the space of taking care of you, that includes things like, because we can do this stuff at work. It's not just about like yoga and it's not just about, um, you know, going to get your hair done. All these things are great self-care activities. Yeah. But we're talking about like organizational skills. We're talking about time management, finding the balance throughout the workday, not trying to power through lunch because taking lunch breaks are important. And how do I routinely and regularly do deep breathing exercises so that I can, you know, get out of one space that may have been stressful and be able to be ready and show up in another space. That's what I look at when I talk about Mm self-care. And so that's one way that leaders and managers can can do that because the better that they feel, right, the more prepared and the more ready that they feel, they're able to handle the staff that they supervise with care and, and, and a lot better, right? So that's one thing. I think the second thing is, is that really, um, again, just thinking about these six core principles in trauma-informed care, that's really focusing on in, 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 in a focus of what we call psychological safety, making sure that when you're talking to people, when you're communicating to people, that you are aware of not only what you say, but how you say it, right? The words that you use, making sure that you're giving people heads up and you're not just slamming them into difficult conversations, that you're giving them preparation that there might be something difficult that we need to talk about. You know, trauma-informed care is not all about helping the leader sort of be nice and, um, you know, not talk about tough things, but it's really just about coming from the foundation of we have to get back to a place where we can just treat people as persons first, do it with care, and then last but not least, really, really come from this place of being empathetic. Um, And that's something that I talk about quite a bit, and that's a big difference from sympathetic it's really about um, active listening and just being pre- present. And um, you know, sometimes you may not always have all the answers, but you'll be there to be able to listen and be consistent and let someone know that you're there to hear whatever the problem or feedback is. Um, and I don't know if any of the listeners um, follow Brene Brown. In my mind, she is my bestie because yeah. I do feel like <laughs> she explains empathy the best. I've not heard anyone um, able to explain empathy the way that she does, but when you get yeah. a chance, I think you all should YouTube 
um, Brene Brown on empathy is a wonderful sort of three minute clip that just goes through how, how people could just learn to be that way versus trying to be sympathetic, which is kind of putting silver lines around situations. And that's what we want to avoid. So being empathetic, mm-hmm. self-care on a thousand, um, you know, being transparent, that feels trustworthiness, holistically releasing your title as leader and manager and just coming down and just being a peer working with that staff member. Those are some key takeaway points for how leaders can sort of improve. So that's great. Um, I want to share one story that that I have. So um, a a leader that I uh, admire deeply, um, she was a guest on, I think, the third or fourth episode of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Her name is Sarah Fensky-Bahat. She is the interim CEO of an arts organization in San Francisco, Mm-hmm. Um, the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. And um, there's an article that she wrote, that's how I became aware of this, where she describes how for her staff, she like created this campaign mm-hmm. for a season of care. And it's a camp internal campaign of ac- announcing, ac- acknowledging that what, that, that y'all are still traumatized Mm-hmm. This is hard. And here's, we're going to do some things about it. We're going to let you have some time, more additional time off. We're going to provide some programming to maybe help you recover. And to me, the specifics of what gets done within some kind of um, program or initiative like that mm-hmm. is going to be different from organization to organization. Yeah. Absolutely. But what I think is powerful about right. that is the formal acknowledgement, I see you. That to me is the first part of this recovery of being able to acknowledge that you are may not be okay. Mm-hmm. And that it's it's something that we need, we all went through together. And it just feels like the collective experience, if we can just say, hey, that was some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. You may not be okay. And that's okay here. Yeah. And now at least it's in the air. And instead of it being cutting the, t- the tension with a knife, I mean, it's not going to solve all interpersonal problems, but at least now you as the leader, she as the leader has have given employees the language and the ability to vocalize that yeah yeah and then we can really start getting down to, to business and doing some of the things that you're talking about cycle creating psychological safety with how you approach really being aware and um, empathetic transparency and mm-hmm. communication so to me that's that was the best one I saw when when I read that article I was like oh right I was like that's what we're missing yeah yeah and I I think if until leaders do something like that Mm-hmm. At least some acknowledgement. We're going to be stuck in the re-traumatization. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we forget that there's power in healing through relationships. And some of us don't look at our work relationships or our relationships as leader to supervise, you know, supervisor to supervisee or coworker to coworker. We don't look at those relationships in the same way as we do other relationships, but they are important relationships, and there's still healing that can happen in that. There's there's power in connectedness. Um, and, and there's power in disconnection, which is where it's sort of this trauma likes to live. 
And so that's why if if we could come together, I agree 100% with what she stated in, in her article, like we've got to be able to allow people to say out loud how difficult, um, have a voice and feel empowered to say how difficult, how challenging this has been. This is how it's been difficult and challenging for me. And I would like to get back to a place where we can sort of help each other heal and get to sort of whatever the next goal or the next step is. And so there's power in us coming together to do that work for sure. Yeah, yeah. Whew. All right. I feel like I'm getting stuff off my chest here, doing my own recovery. This is your free um, therapy session. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. Hop on the phone. Um, I is what can what can a leader do? All right. So you've talked about self care on a thousand. Talked about taking deep breaths, taking lunch. Are there some? Is there an exercise or is there some practice that I, as a leader, or as I'm speaking for maybe someone who's listening, can do daily or weekly to help them, let's just pull back from the, we're not talking about necessarily the pandemic and that issue, but just help them be more emotionally aware or more aware of how they engage or or better prepared, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I love to work with managers and leaders on is this concept called reflective supervision. And it's um, these are during sort of the normal or, or, or formal sort of check-in supervision times, but they can also happen informally. And, you know, sometimes you may have to just to have a little quick powwow that's not during your normal scheduled time, but it's really putting value and attention into the space of being able to listen to my staff member and really hear what it is that they have going on in their day-to-day. But also like it's setting the tone for saying things like I usually start off all of my check-in meetings um, with, you know, what's been going well, you know, tell me what's been happening and what's been going well. And they have a choice if they want to talk about things that's just happening in the workplace or they want to talk about personal things as well. But it's always helpful to start off that way because you're setting the tone for, we've got a lot of stuff that of course happens every day, but you know, out of that, what's going well? And it's so intentional to start off that way because we wanna help our staff be able to start to look at, um, you know, not that everything is all negative. What's some of the good, what's some of the positives, what's some of the healthy things that have been, have been happening? And then we can turn the shift in the meeting and start having discussions around, okay, where do you need help or what are the areas that you find to be the most challenging and let's come up with some solutions to be able to address it. So I think there's power in this space or this concept that I call reflective supervision and being able to um, uh, help staff members find that space again to have voice and to just share and then not have any fear that like whatever I say is going to A, go outside these walls um, or B, kind of be used against me in some way. Um, and those are some of the things that leaders can really do to really sort of help shift and change this culture. And of course, being consistent, right? And leading by example and making sure that they're helping their supervisees because sometimes there's managers supervising managers. So, you know, I can't be the only one doing this. We all have to roll this way in this mm-hmm. workplace and be on the same sheet of music. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, definitely. That's um, that sounds 
That's that's great. So what's going well? Start that start that practice of asking maybe yourself and acknowledging yourself what's going well and asking your um, the folks that you are sitting down with, um, mm-hmm. checking in what is going well. Yeah. Well, um, Adrian Wise, thank you so, so much for coming on Great Mondays Radio. Um, Adrian Wise, you can find her uh, on Facebook if you want to connect with her, Wise Choice LLC. She also has a website, wisechoicecounseling.com, emotional wellness expert. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about a little of your wisdom, uh, helping us understand how we can all come back from this collectively traumatic event um, and maybe start to really uh, be our best self and do our best work. So thanks again. Thank you, Josh. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio. Hey, if you want to be a guest, head over to radio.greatmondays.com. And if you think this episode was interesting and your friends and fans would enjoy it, please share on social media. And if you want to get more people to understand the power of company culture in business today, please rate and review Great Mondays Radio on your podcast feed. It really helps us reach more people. If you want to hear more candid conversations with culture leaders, subscribe to Great Mondays Radio. I'd love to connect with you. Find me on LinkedIn at aka Josh Levine, on YouTube at Great Mondays, and you can always email me, josh at greatmondays.com. Find out more about our work with hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations at greatmondays.com. I'm Josh Levine. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio.